0: Jocks go. happening motherfuckers i hope you're having a great time listening to the podcast um it is sponsorship time and we are brought to you once again um by the legends over at four links and uh, what is four links uh, four links is a multi uh, golf course uh, membership where you pay a monthly fee and in return you get points you then use these points to play play in nevada play in california even play in arizona three states Full of courses um, they're very community driven very customer focused and they're all about creating experience for the customer which is why they have now um, launched um, their fantasy golf platform where you can utilize your points enter tournaments play against your friends go in head to heads play in leagues and acquire and accumulate points then go and use to play so you can enjoy golf, you can enjoy having a bit of banter with your friends, um, you can enjoy watching it, and then you get rewarded by getting points to then play. Not only that, we're at a very immature stage of the platform. Um, as we see this marketplace develop and mature, we're going to see new product offerings, new things to use your points for. You can already use them to, to buy apparel, uh, to buy lessons, etc. But expect that marketplace to develop um, as time goes on. I'm going to stop the ad there. Those guys are amazing. Go check them out. Um, Back to the podcast. What is up, everyone? Uh, welcome to Just Jack's Just Chat. It's season two, um, and we're already all on, on episode seven. We're, we're flying through them. Um, this season, I, I did say I, I promised to bring you as much value as possible, getting as many varied guests and as many sort of fun and interesting um, and progressive brands, courses, um, and individuals that, that help make the game a little bit more relatable, a little bit more fun. Um, and something that uh, something that uh, a little more tuned to, to the 2020 world um, we live in. Um, this episode we've got a guest called James Bennett on. Um, James is, is been known to me for the last sort of six, uh, four, four to six months I think. About, about October time I think I, I came across him, um, and I came across him because he was making some really really good or what I thought was good LinkedIn content um, talking about how golf clubs um, can bring themselves into the 21st century and really um, help grow membership numbers that have been steadily and if not, uh, you know, growingly um, decreasing for the the past sort of um, 5, 10, 15 years. Um, James, without further ado, pal, how how are we doing?
1: Very good, mate. Yeah, very good indeed. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it.
0: Not at all, man. Thanks for uh thank thanks for thank thanks for taking the time. Um I guess before we, we get into the origin story, which we normally do with with everyone, do you sort of mm. want to wanna to tell everyone what you do for a living, James, and, and what you aim to bring to the to the golf industry?
1: Yeah, so I've been working um sort of hard, I've had sort of two spells in the golf industry now. Uh, first okay. as a as a as a placement student at golfbreaks.com and now as a as a sales executive for um Albatross Digital Golf. So I'm my experience very much is in the sales side sort of things. So I'm talking to golfers Every day, uh, all different types of clubs, also speaking a very different, a, v- a variation of different golf club managers as well. So, I'd like to think I'm quite best placed to to give you an insight on how golf club managers and how golf clubs are th- golfers are thinking at the moment. Um, basically, the, the the way I see it is obviously I've grown up as a youngster in this game. I've I'd like to think I've seen the struggles and I've seen the game move forwards and backwards. I mean, I think we both agree it. Yeah. Whenever you think the game's taking a massive leap forward, then another it takes about a couple of steps back usually. So mm-hmm. I've been noticing that from a, a slightly younger angle, a, a similar, a similar to yourself really. And I think that's what sort of drove me about six months ago to to start looking into producing a LinkedIn content because I think it's certainly, it's a great platform to share, for sharing your content and sharing insights and ideas like we do ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just felt there wasn't many younger voices talking within the industry. It was all, I've got nothing against the the people that have got about, 30, 40 years more experience in the game than I have. Their opinion is certainly valid. And like I said, it's probably more valid than mine in some in some cases. But I just felt there needed to be a slightly younger voice out there. Someone coming at it from a slightly different angle and not coming in saying, yep, young people need to get rid of old people. That's not uh, what I think at all. Just more giving a, a different point of view and showing that we can work together to... To move this game forward in the right direction, it can obviously benefit all of us, really.
0: Yeah, man. I, I look, I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't condone you enough for for for, you, for the size of your bollocks. <laughs> it, it, uh, <laughs> it, 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 it takes it takes a lot of confidence, I guess, to, to 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 sort of, I guess, to turn the camera around on yourself and and, and speak your mind, speak freely, and, and post out there for, for everyone to see. Um. So, mm-hmm. I guess, kudos for you to do that, mate, because I think you've done it in such a in such a tactful way, that's really, really respectful. I think, um, if nothing else, even if you agree or disagree with what you've got to say, uh, you can't help but like it at the end of the videos, I don't think. I, I think I probably speak for most people. I know there's probably a few guys out there who um, feel triggered by what you've got to say. Um, I was about to say, but, yeah,
1: there, yeah. There, are, there are a few. I think, again, I, I think when I, when I put it out there, I think that's why LinkedIn is quite good for that, because LinkedIn isn't, when you compare it to, like, to Twitter and Instagram, which are very which can get very trolly, but I think troll is a word, but tro- troll-based. Um, LinkedIn, you don't get as much trolls. You get to speak, you, It is more of a conversation um, kind of platform and you, you'd like to think there's people on there that respect your opinions. some don't, and, and you and you almost want that. You want that cat and mouse, that back and forwards, because it's the idea, it's a conversation starter. So I think that's why LinkedIn was the best platform for that, um, just so you can get a conversation going and there was a bit of a debate as opposed to an argument, which you never really want it to be
0: yeah you, you you're so right the 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 platform you've picked sort of um it sort of uh, encourages thoughtful discussion right so just yeah. by putting it on that platform you're almost putting your opinion in a, on it in a certain in a certain in a certain light should we say and, it, and um and i guess that's something that you don't quite get from the likes of or well, certainly Twitter and Instagram as well, but but I guess mainly Twitter, which which can get quite toxic. Um, yeah. But yeah, you, you you've managed to sort of garner a very sort of um, I guess mature audience in the sense that yes, there's people who disagree with you heavily, but. um at least they're willing to, to, to do it maybe in a respectful way. I guess every platform, and I guess not even not even on platforms in, in life, you get you get dicks um, who don't go about it <laughs> in a respectful way. Um, but I, I think what you're doing is, is doing it in a really sort of adult, um, sort of uh, forward thinking but but respectful way. So kudos see you. And, and the other reason why I want, yeah. want to speak with you, James, and sort of chop it up with you, is um, you've got a very interesting viewpoint and perspective on the golf industry because – People can talk about golf, you know, from the outside as a player, as an amateur, as a fan of the PGA Tour, but they don't really understand the nuts and bolts of the, 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 the sort of 80% of the golf industry, which is the amateur golfer, right? That is the local golf club. Mm. That is... The majority of the industry, yet people associate um, you know, the, the majority of the golf industry being country clubs in the PGA Tour, when that makes up such a small percentage of, 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 of when we talk about you know, golf as a golf as a sport. And you're sort of in, the, in a really good position it could, because you're speaking with golf clubs day in, day out about where they're at, how their memberships are doing, what they're doing to perhaps increase membership. The errors they're making, that sort of turning customers away, and what perhaps what ideas are working um, in in generating more custom for a golf course in in a 2020 world. So I can't wait to get into into some uh, into some detailed discussion around what you think the current landscape is and how we think we can we can improve it. But before we do that, we um we we do like to go deep um, into our guest sort of golfing history, James. So. I'm just going to take a, a sip of this Budweiser that's in front of me. That's been staring at me. Um, <laughs> and then I'd love you to tell the the, the audience, the JJ Nation, um, how, how golf became a part of your life.
1: Yes. Yeah, so and I've got my, um, I sort of mentioned them a lot, but I've got my dad to thank really for that. I mean, I, I grew up playing. I was just the classic sort of jack of all trades, master of none really as a kid. I played about, 15 different sports and was bang average at most of them um <laughs> same, mate, same. But, but, but still but, but still loved them all and and i'd still wouldn't sort of go back and change that but yeah i mean i sort of started, got taken so just a local a local range uh met a local pro when i was probably 11 12 years old um my dad played for years and it, it was weird like for years he'd take me to a golf course and i couldn't stand it i think i really? I, I think yeah because i think it was the frustration level of it i think when you're Especially when you're playing a a few sports at a decent level and you used to play at a decent level and you suddenly pick something up and you realise how frustrating it is. I mean, that's why I really try and sort of home in. I've got young nephews now as well and it's so important to get through the idea of of, of getting through that frustration level. I think a lot of us are still probably at that frustration level now. But I mean, as a a beginner anyway, it can be just a really, um, yeah, frustrating sport. I mean, that instantly sort of turned me off it for years and then it wasn't until... I slowly started to sort of realise that the other sports were, um, weren't going to come of anything. I, st- I sort of started to get more interested in golf, and and like it, it was. Um, I think it, everyone has them sort of almost growth spurts in golf, where you have a six to twelve month period where you just pick it up and really run with it, and and you really sort of drop your handicap and everything else. And I had a couple of them, um, and I got down to to eighteen relatively quickly. And then you know when you when you're a junior and you're playing four or five times a week you can just drop like ridiculous amounts yeah um i mean that that's why you, you get the odd sort of old people getting annoyed about juniors playing in comps because a junior off 18 can actually easily go and shoot like single figures within a matter of weeks um because they, they can drop they can drop so quickly so that's why i noticed as youngster i was picking up very quickly and, and dropping down very quickly but again hit that sort of stumbling block or like a sort of T- top ends sort or of single figures so sort of nine ten, not between nine and ten handicap is when i start again sort of found my next frustration level at how big of a gap it is between a a decent amateur and a proper sort of pro um so that's when i sort of came to the realization that i i want to stay in golf i want to enjoy it I and mean, my dad has, has always sort of drilled into me if you want to love what you do do what you love um as cringy as that, as that saying is no, but it, it, um, it, 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 is, it does I,
0: sound cliched mate but like you, you, you couldn't speak, you couldn't be you could be sort of uh, you know like further from the from, from from being false. It's uh it's a it's a really poignant statement. Yes, it's it's overly said, but like it it's something else when you actually stick to that, that premise how much happier you become.
1: Oh, hundred percent. Like I said, it's um it it's it's a, when you when you grow up, like I said, playing a sport and you love it and you love competing at it, it is a it's a bit of a sad moment when you realise and I think this is probably the same for 99.9% of people that pick up this sport but it's a, it's a sad day when you realise that you're not going to make it professional and you're not going to be on telly but it's a It's, <laughs> it's a realisation. Stop,
0: stop it oh, there yeah. I there's still believe It's still seniors
1: There's still seniors, <laughs> there's still seniors um, I've, got third, I've got about what 20 about 28, 29 years left before that but um, <laughs> but yeah it's a, I came to that realisation and I, I saw that sort of coincided with being at sixth form and doing sports studies and then starting to see the elements of business and sport and realising that there's still a career in sport just because just because you can't play it doesn't I mean you can't still have a got a decent career in it. So that's what sort of led me to to go to uni. Uh, went to Coventry, did a sports marketing degree, and and started to really sort of get into the nuts and bolts of business and tried to relate whenever I could relate what I was learning to the golf industry. So combine that with researching into all different types of things and obviously keeping it on track. And because when when you're doing sort of things like that, it doesn't it doesn't seem like work. It doesn't seem like research it just seems that like you're keeping up with with something you enjoy. Yeah. And it just so happens that it's also helping you as, with your future career endeavours as well. Um, and then, yeah, I was lucky enough to to come across a placement programme at golfbreaks.com, which is, I mean, if anyone listening to this or anyone who has, ever speaks to me asked about a placement programme in sport, it's one of the best ones out there, really. Um, they take on 20 students every year and teach them, treat them like full-timers um treat it like a a one-year-long interview really and you learn just everything you possibly could about the golf industry in a in a 12-month period basically um and and that sort of confirmed to me really that golf is the industry I want to work in long term um that also sales sort of suits me as you can tell from my LinkedIn and this I like the sound of my own voice so as a salesman (laughs) that sort of ticks a few boxes for me as well um and then yeah as soon as I finished my degree I, I wanted to get back into golf so this this is when Albatross came about, um, and I've been here for getting getting close to my, my one-year anniversary now, um, and I sort of wouldn't look back, really. It's been a, a whirlwind, but very uh, very enjoyable experience from picking up a golf club to, to here now, really.
0: Yeah, I, I, I admire you for, for following your passion, James. I've got so much respect for for people who do it, because I guess it, it's not always easy, right? Because you, you, you approach your 20s in... Um, and almost in a very weird mindset, more often than not, you don't know what you want to do with yourself. And then more often than not as well, you're always thinking about money. You're right. You, you, you want to, be, oh, of course. You want to yeah. be out there. You want to be out the parents' house. You want to be so self-sustaining. You'll be earning good money. So you're able to go on holiday, travel, like buy what you want to buy, et cetera. So it's quite easy at that stage of your life um, to bypass your passions and appease your, like, appease your greedy needs and, and go for a career that's perhaps a little bit more respected. Like, I say respected. I don't mean that it's on a, oh, you know, no, on a higher playing play field. I mean yeah. like, I mean like, the, you know, the, 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 what the general public might think in their in their ignorant bias or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So to like, at that point to just focus on on your passion, I, I think re- shows a real sort of strength of character. And, and what you also have got to appreciate as well, if if you are following your passion, um, like you're going to be able to work so much harder at it. And then in a sort of a ten year, fifteen year run what You're going to be able to achieve more, accomplish more, earn more, um, and I think it has a much more, uh, you know, much bigger impact on your life um, if you follow your passion. I think it's just getting over that like hurdle or doors where maybe the entry point's quite difficult, with either being low paying a low paying salary or a job you didn't quite want to do, but like it gets your foot in the door. Um, I think being able to just follow your passion almost blindly, having a bit of blind faith about it, I think, I think that really helps. And it's it's quite evident that that's what you've done. Um, And it's already, already paying dividends. Um, Hmm. But what I, what I want to sort of to to get in James with, with you is firstly, just discuss the current state of the golf game in the UK. Now, what I mean by that is I want to know about, participation i want to know how many people are playing the game i want to know how many people um have fallen out of love with the game what are the sort of the 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 membership figures look like um and then perhaps we can delve into some reasons why things are the way they are and and what we could perhaps do collectively to to improve the situation
1: yeah well it's it's a weird one because obviously the the things like the hillier hopkins um results get released every year and so we all as members of the golf industry keep a a close eye on that for those who aren't aware it's basically um, They're an agency that basically runs um, stats all across the industry in various different industries just to basically, yeah, assess the health of your industry in in various different areas. Um, And what we've sort of noticed over the past few years, that actually on paper, golf contribution or people getting involved in golf is actually up, which is, I mean, a positive from that regard. The issue is Sorry
0: sorry to interrupt you, James, Uh, so early on, but like, what, what what are those sort of f- figures predicated on? Like, uh, how how are these sort of studies run?
1: Yeah, so it's, it's, like I say, it is with, with all these sort of things, they can't test everyone, so it is a it is a very much a um a, not a rough estimate. Obviously, it's, it's obviously a lot of stats go behind it, but it is a what's the best word? An, an umbrella sort of look at it. So they're not going and assessing every single golf club; they're taking a sample and assessing yeah. it on that. So if you wanted to go seriously deep on it, you'd probably find it would differ here and there um but like with most sort of studies it's you'd like to think it's fairly it's fairly reliable from that regard okay um but like i said what what we sort of notice is that yeah in participation rates are actually weirdly on the up um but then that the the issue that i think some people in the industry have not i wouldn't say myself but some people have is that them figures are being slowly slowly propped up by the likes of top golf um, and people using driving ranges and stuff like that, which I uh, would personally say, from an entry level point of view, is brilliant. Um, I'm certainly—I mean, I've—I've I've had several debates and comments with people before about about the strength of top golf. I'm a big advocate of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think any way that any way you can make the game easier to, from an entry level point of view, is is a pro from my side of things. Um, but the the flip side of that stat I just gave you there is that memberships down um and rounds per year are down as well and that's obviously the worrying thing from a golf membership point of view and that number's been in the decline for quite some time now we're talking i think dating back to like 2015 2016 is when you started to see the drop in that um and and that's it, like i imagine we're going to go on to in a bit there's there's multiple reasons behind that mm-hmm. but i do think that that people within the industry's point of view that the likes of top golf and other sort of um facilities like that are a negative is there, is one of the the starting points behind why the numbers are down. Because... Yeah.
0: I mean, I don't, I don't know about you, James, but like I'm from the Northeast of England um, and there's not really an innovative driving range that I can, that I can think of off, off, the top of my head. So like, you know, you can't really sit there and blame, and blame, um, blame golf because it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not really apparent in a lot of, a lot of sort of golfing areas. Um, and most, mm-hmm. most sort of local golfers don't have access to a uh, golf for example, so, mm. you know, putting top golf aside, putting like alternative, like nine hole courses, et cetera, aside, why mm. are people not spending four hours on the golf course? I guess is the question. Well, I think, right?
1: yeah, well, I think, t- Well, well straight away, t- yes, time is yeah. obviously a, a massive factor. Um, I think that's why, again, I'm, I'm very much in favor of any shorter formats, which, again, some people, traditionalists are. I think, yeah, whilst we're on it, actually, traditionalists are. Uh, a massive reason behind that I think a lot of people who are so and again we've spoken about it before messages who are so stubborn to change um mm-hmm. and are so stubborn to evolve that does come across from a new entrance point of view so it is it is that 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 stubbornness and that that stigma around the sport which I think will always hold it back until we really put our foot down and, and change it I mean that's the, the real message that I try and give out in all my videos really is that there's a stigma around the game and, and people are all sort of looking at each other thinking how we're going to get rid of it Well, we need to start actioning it, actually sort of um, putting our proof in the pudding and sort of attacking it head on. So I certainly think that things like price are, but price are an issue, but only because we make them an issue. So as I've said before, the price actually isn't a massive problem. You can get things like uh, rounds can be cheap. There are cheap rounds of golf out there on tee-off time, stuff like that. You can get hold of cheap equipment three um, things like eBay or, or car boot sales and stuff like that. It hasn't got to be expensive. The problem is that the only the only stuff that new entrants seem to see are five, 600-pound drivers, the top-end golf memberships, top-end green fees, all of that is thrown towards them. And so that you've instantly got that stigma that golf is going to set you back three, four grand before you even hit a ball, um, which which then puts you off playing it. So I definitely think that we've that as an as an industry as a whole we've we've built up this enormous consensus that galt, that we want to be seen as an exclusive expensive sport which actually we're not and we certainly can't afford to be to be acting like that anymore. Um, but I definitely say that's a huge reason why not enough people are going out and spending four hours because it's not just the time spend it's also the the um, the the the, the, uh, the financial spend that people think they've got to sort of outlay before they even hit a ball.
0: Yeah, I I, I think you you, you you touch on so many interesting points there, Um I, I think that sort of mentality, um, and it, as you mentioned quite a lot, st- stigma is is such an important thing because people may th- people may put that behind the sort of the practical elements of stuff like cost, but really your your stigma or, or your your attitude or your mentality towards golf affects your actions, right? I, I always I always mm. take it back very simple. I, I think you've got your thoughts. I think your thoughts dictate your actions. Your actions dictate your reality. What's around you, right? So if you feed yeah. your thoughts with with positive stuff and um, you're open minded to, to to new ways of thinking, etc., that's going to feed into better decision making and of course, and, and essentially improve your reality. I know, I know it sounds very straightforward, but that's what I boil it down to, and that's hmm. exactly why I do this podcast. Because I get to speak with people like you. I get to speak with guys who dedicate their lives to golf, but. You no, know, a guy I spoke to in season one, Matt Cardis, golfing your state, drives around America in a van playing golf. Like he's not, he's not fancy. He doesn't care about like fancy golf. He just absolutely loves the game. Um, mm-hmm. And there's so much of that 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 people just miss. Um, I guess from from a sort of general consumption level. And like you say, if you are if you do see you know you see golf or whatever, and you you are particularly interested, you stick on Sky Sports and. You watch a bit of the pga tour and every advert you come across is is for a 400 pound driver um mm. so i i i completely see what, what what you're saying there um and i guess my sort of my next question is um what are you doing specifically with with albatross digital um to help golf course i really want to sort of understand that in a bit more depth
1: yes i mean obviously uh, to, to give a bit of background on what we are as a business so we're a where well, our bread and butter is digital marketing. So that's what we. And my our founder is also called James. He set up sort of four or five years ago. Was a um, his story is quite interesting. So yeah, he had the idea, okay. pretty quite a naive idea that uh, that he was going to get down a scratch in a year. So he was going to go from complete novice, first pick up a club, novice down to scratch, a scratch in a year. Wow. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was his plan. Um, he obviously he quickly realised that wasn't possible. But um, but what he did notice by going around and playing all these different golf courses is that all of them just didn't know how to market themselves. Um, they were pumping serious amounts of money into into print magazine. They but Basically, he, he noticed that they were probably five, 10 years behind a lot of other sports industries in terms of how they market themselves and how they approach them, how they approach marketing. So that's where we, we, he sort of came into play. And, and um, yeah, our bread and butter is still Facebook and Instagram, um, social media, ad campaigns, um, email marketing and, and then you got myself who comes in and sort of sells on behalf of them, and then on behalf of Albatross as well. But mm-hmm. there's a lot more to it than that. But that's the, the sort of basis, the layman's terms of it, really. Mm-hmm. But um, as a as a business, like I said, we we don't see ourselves as a marketing company. We also see ourselves more of a consultancy. So we we'd like to think we've worked with enough golf clubs and enough enough different types of golf clubs to know which works where, what doesn't work where, and and how how we can sort of move the game forward. So we sort of see ourselves as pioneers from that point of view, and. I mean it certainly isn't it certainly isn't a one size fits all i mean what might work for a a private member's club in Surrey might not work for a, a public course up in the northeast for example there's there's very different tactics for each
0: yeah
1: each one as you'd probably imagine um but the consensus is that we do want to get more people playing the game i mean it, the the basic thing are oh, more people play the game, the better we do as a business and and it grows and and everything else so um, we do a lot of things. Like, if you ever get of get into golf, campaign. so we do that with a lot of um, a lot of our clubs that are re- that are, we basically work with the PGA pros, and and they give us their ideas and what they want to do. We give them their idea, our ideas, and we basically market the idea to complete beginners or complete novices: the idea of coming down, having free lessons, taking it up, no strings attached, um, and just seeing if you like it. Because a- again, I think with football, you can go to the park, kick a ball around for ten minutes. You either like it, you don't. Mm. With golf, it seems, again, that you've got to go out and buy a polo shirt, chinos, golf shoes, a golf bag, a hat, balls. Um, you've got to go pay for a green food, you've got to buy a member. We're, again, there's the, going back to that stigma, we're making out that it's so difficult to get involved in. Whereas, actually, it should be as simple as just knowing, right, on Saturday at 12 o'clock, there's a get-in-the-golf session. I'll pop down, meet the pro, and just spend half an hour. He'll have his, I can use his clubs, and I literally, you're not spending a penny and and that do we need more fit th- that's what we're trying to drum into a lot more clubs um that, that that's that's the way forward 100 percent. i mean yeah you might have to pay your pro a little bit of money to do the lessons free of charge from your sort of things but i mean if if you I, I don't like sort of always making it sound like a business but if you are if you did have your business hat on you get 20, 25 people a week down for getting a golf session chances are all it takes a couple of them to pick it up and you're gonna recoup that money and then some so it can work both ways you can see it as a business or you see it as a pleasure that doing things like that can can really see the game grow and that's um that's our sort of big message we want to give to a lot of clubs moving forward really
0: you, 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 you say you, you, you don 't want um, you, know, you hate the sound that you 've got you 're maybe too business focused, but at the end of the day, golf clubs are businesses, and if they don 't exactly. run successful businesses they 're going to shut down, which is not yeah. a good thing um, and I, th- I think as well you make such a good point about these these free get into golf sessions <sighs> because if somebody 's first interaction with a game of golf is about golf itself and not how much mm. it, it costs to play, they might be more proactive or um, change their perspective about how they approach it. So, they, you know, if, if they approach if their, first sort of, um, their, their, their first sort of golf session is, is free um, and they've really enjoyed that first session, they're going to think, right, well, maybe I won't go out this weekend. I'm going to change my phone bill. I'm going to do this. I'm going to save myself 130 quid a month and I'm going to be able to afford to play golf. Um, exactly, they think yeah. about it in a different way. Whereas if their first initial interaction with golf is a costly one, um, it's going to sort of negatively impact their, their decision-making thereafter.
1: Yeah, oh well, yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said, everyone everyone goes through sort of midlife crisis and times where they want to take up a new skill or pick up a new hobby. Mm. And if you pick, so if you give something a go and you spend, let's say, for example, you, oh, I don't know, you, you try to like, let's say you, you took up art or something like that, and you went down to an art class and you spent. It's probably a terrible example of this now, but um, you go went down man. to an art class and, <laughs> Stick with it. and spent and spent, <laughs> and spent sixty quid and and you were terrible. What you produce is crap, and you enjoy, and you was slow, boring, and everything else if you walked out of that class and had spent 60 quid to do that, you thought, well, how, you, you evaluate it, evaluate enjoyment against cost. Yeah. If you didn't enjoy it and you spent a lot of money, well, you'd be a bit of an idiot to then go back the next week. Unless you had some, yeah. unless you, I don't know why you'd go back. So you've got a think it's the same as golf. You've got a sport that it's quite rare. If you go to a, if you go to a driving range or so you go out and play a course and you shoot 130, you might have a couple of okay <laughs> shots in there, but really a lot of them will be shit. So that you if you spent if if it was free to do that, you'd be like, okay, I'm gonna persevere with it. If you spent fifty, sixty quid in the privilege, you're gonna get out as quick as you can because it's just not worth your while pissing yourself off for five hours and paying sixty quid for the privilege. Yeah. So I think it is we've got to we've got to try and eliminate one, the the pricing stigma or the, the pricing barrier that people seem to be adamant on keeping. Um and also we need to remove that stigma that you have to you have to get certain things before you start. You don't, you, you have to get, you, obviously you need clubs, but um, but pretty much apart from that, that is all you need. Like I said, I did a video before about um, dress codes. Dress codes are a real, I think personally are a massive barrier that people think is too sort of jovial to address. Um, I think it's one that people think, oh, well, dress codes have been there for years. It's not been, it's not, it wasn't a problem 30, 40 years ago, but it isn't 30, 40 years ago anymore. And now we are in a place where we do need more people playing the golf. And I'd personally think that any any barrier that doesn't need to be there shouldn't be there. I I, I personally see that as a massive one.
0: I, I, I couldn't agree agree with more of you. Like I, I um I speak with a lot of people and, and brands um who who are based in Southern California. Um and I mm. guess because they've got this there's such a strong um Municipal golf course, uh, sort of community and culture, which is, for anyone listening who doesn't know, it's a, it's a, often a city or a state run um, nine hole golf facility, right? Which is perfect to start the game because there's no dress codes. You turn up be a t shirt. It's often like twenty plus degrees Celsius, so it, it's hot. The, the The attitude in LA and in California is relaxed as it is, so. You're invited to go down. It's not expensive, and you're in your shorts, t-shirt, and trainers. Um, you can play golf in a really jovial, community, culture-driven, culture-driven way. Um, that's just mm. something the UK is not used to. But at the same time, California is full of um, is is full of private members clubs and and fancy country clubs that cost hundreds of thousands to play a year. So that 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 state alone, LA alone, proves that um all different forms of golf can coexist together. And there shouldn't mm. be a there shouldn't be a sort of a, a bias towards um any of it. It should be about enjoying golf the way the way you see fit. I spoke with Penmar Social Club last week. Mm. They're a they're a new group out the they're sort of born out of Penmar golf course which is based in, in Venice Beach. Um and they're, 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 they're sort of a community that pay a they pay a, sort of a membership fee for the year. And the organisers set up uh, meets, um, competitions, but like different competitions, like blindfolded putting, six-hole comps, nine-hole comps. They, they do the lot, and they incorporate anyone of any ability. And the success they're having is, is just tremendous. and It's so evident because they're making it fun and relatable that that's the reason why so many people are interested. And I think if the UK can, can take a dose out of Southern California, I think we can see some 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 major improvements. Um and I I guess the other thing with with with, with dress code is uh, there's some dickheads at golf clubs that treat other people like dicks. Like you yeah. walk into most in a lot of clubhouses um in the UK in a t shirt, in a cap, you get scowled at. You get you get like people talk to they you think
1: like it was, it's almost like they're looking at you as so if they're waiting for you to nick something. Yeah, they um, talk to
0: you like think. a piece of shit like that you don't belong there. Like what sort of way is that to treat someone regardless of, of of golf participation? But like I, yeah. I kind of feel like there's almost like a cult there's almost like a cult mentality, um to, the, sort of the, 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 the sort of um the sort of the, the older generations have, have created um towards towards the sort of uh, the younger generations. What we need to do is is find ways to appreciate each other's cultures and sort of maybe find a happy medium. I, I do appreciate that, you know dressing for an occasion is it is, is is a no it's a good thing to learn it it's about etiquette and respect and these gentlemanly traits um which can be taught in the golf game but it doesn't mean that you can't wear a t-shirt and, and, and joggers to play to play it's 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 ludicrous um so i th- i think there needs to be i guess i people just need to take the guard down and just let go and just agree that it's all about the golf and not about the image behind it
1: I think yeah, well, I mean, what you said there was pretty brilliant about appreciating each other's cultures. Because um, that's the thing. What I I always try and say in my stuff is I'm not. I'm by no means sitting here saying that I will never play golf for a polo shirt. And I, because I do, because I'm I'm also complete. I'm up to complete hypocrite. I also love the history side of things. I Safe. love. I mean, Safe. I went I went up to Litherland a couple of years ago. My dad and 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 you do enjoy that side of things going into a, an, an open an open championship course and seeing all the history and 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 dressing up a bit smarter and so and it's fine and you like and you like that for an occasion but like you said there's there's that balance um I also like going up to my local there's a course near me that have a relaxed dress code and I love that as well it's the fact that they uh, what I don't what I don't agree with is a whole idea of having to pick sides I think yes. it seems at the moment that you've got the new you've got the new young people coming in who want to wear whatever they want and I mean that's you've got a few pros that have done it, like Tony now, and and uh, Justin Thomas done it before, like worn hoodies for example, and and they've been completely ripped into by so many people. And then on the flip side, you have got a load of people that are really on top of it and get. It's almost like two different cults. Mm. But there shouldn't be a cult atmosphere at all. It should no. be, you've got that opinion, I've got this opinion, and we can meet in the middle. Like for it just it seems like there's almost like a football team mentality that you can't you can't support each other, um, and you can't sort of share similar views. I mean, I've I've got some views that are very different to my dad, who's been playing the game forty years. And we got some, we got some ideas that, like I said, he was, he was always really against sort of trainer type golf shoes for years, and said no, it's all about having the sort of leather and spike golf shoes. And now, as he's pretty got older, he's actually realised that they're really comfortable and they're quite stylish as well. He likes <laughs> and wears them now. So it shows that if you do sort of bend your, your, if you do sort of put your barriers back a little bit and take your guard down, that it actually might be some parts of, of the other, the other side of the argument that you might quite enjoy. But it's that reluctancy to. To even let the other side have their say, which is, frustrates me from both sides sort of things, really. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. And by no means, I'm by no means saying that like um, that, that, that sort of, that, that mentality that you know you need to you need to dress up every every single occasion is necessarily that wrong. I, I'm I'm a mm. I'm a golf purist. Like I love dressing up for the occasion. I love nothing more than a Ryder Cup weekend with a shirt, mm. tie, blazer, um, in, in my my best golfing outfit I can, I can afford. Like I, I love that part mm. of the game. But if we want golf to flourish, we need to we need to be more inclusive, um, and I think as well it just comes down to being a being a good human. Like if you've got a problem with what someone's doing on the course, how they're acting, or what they're wearing. Don't storm over like an, angry, like an angry, insecure prick and ejaculate your insecurities all over someone. <laughs> Approach them respectfully. Maybe suggest alternatives. Maybe ask why they're wearing what they're wearing. Maybe try and understand where they're coming from a little bit more. And the chances are, you know, the person on the other end might think, oh, hang on, maybe I, I will feel better playing in a polo top, or maybe I won't, but... That's not the point. It's it's about it's about the level of interaction and respect for for one another. If we can create mm. more positive interactions in and around golf, we can go a long way in th- in making the game more appealing. And if you're a victim, like if someone does talk to like a dick, stand up for yourself. Like, mm. th- they'll, they'll challenge them in a respectful way. Like, it's almost like what you do without being challenged anyway. You you um you speak in such a it, holistic the way, you, the tonality of what you say um, ensures that you're not going to piss that many people off and people are going to listen to you for what you've got to say um, without, without that sort of uh, without that sort of barrier in front of them.
1: Yeah. And I think as well, there's an, there's an element from a, the more senior members of the of the golf clubs when we're talking captains and committee members is it seems that when they, when they, and again, this certainly isn't every committee member. I want to get that out there from the start. Yeah, it's, of uh, course. I'm generalizing to an extent, but Same. there are a lot of, uh, I've, been, I've, I've been at a few clubs and there's a lot of committee members who seem like when they get in that position, seem they've earned the right to, to like you said, treat people a lot differently and, and pick people up and whatever they want and, th- and, and just just not basically make people's experience not particularly nice, but actually that, that should be the complete opposite. They should be leading by example. I think if they want people to act how they act, then act in a nice way, act in an appropriate way, and people will soon follow. If they don't, then that's fair enough. It's our own opinion. But I think, yeah, and so as opposed to a committee member going over and, I mean, I've had it myself when I was a young kid and I think I, oh, the course I was at had like, it was a rule that you had to be two balls off one tee and four balls off another um for pace, which still to us never really worked, but that was their idea. Um but I remember I was actually like a, a fourteen, fifteen year old kid and played off the wrong tees. And like the again, you, know, you get so many odd committee members, there's like committee the 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 chairman of God knows what, like, like cutlery probably or something like that. Um <laughs> came running over to like and had a massive pop at me and said you go you get you need to learn the rules of this game and stuff like that and, and I literally didn't didn't want to go up the club for a week or so because I, I and then whenever I saw him, and I almost run away. And is it and it's that sort of thing. What gives them the right to treat a a young kid like that? I don't I don't know if they if they even goes through their head and if they even think that could have a negative impact. And that kid might never want to play the game again. But it's just this idea that people in these senior positions need to lead by example, as opposed to seeing it as. Their god-given right to treat people like crap and and almost put them off the game because yeah that absolutely. again has led us to, to the position we're in now really
0: yeah absolutely I, I think as as well from from the other side of things like I think people who who are starting the game need to be mindful that um that golf is is a traditional sport with a with a code of conduct but that's no different mm-hmm. from from any other sport so I, I think I think it's both sides I think if if newcomers to the game and, and younger members and, and, and new members to golf. Um, approach it in a respectful way, like and just like it, it just comes down to being a good person at the end of the day like i, I don 't like, i just i just don 't get it like what, why aren 't the more decent human beings, decent human <laughs> beings i think as well if I think if golf courses as well as creating open days and getting to golf days um, sort of uh, added on to that maybe a traditional element to the game, people might really think that side the game's cool so, so, so maybe maybe you do a get into golf tournament right maybe it 's nine holes it 's a bit shorter, but you you can wear you can wear t shirts or whatever you want on the course, but you have to turn up in I don't know a shirt and trousers. I, I, it, this is just me like spitballing here, but like hmm. a culture where you're where you're mixing the two, I think um, I think it's going to go a long way into increasing the harmonisation of cultures because that's essentially the problem we've got, right? It's a it's it's a culture issue, um, and hmm. as well, like I don't see why more golf clubs don't don't partner together and, and work on work on increasing the. You no, know, the, the membership in local areas together. It got, golf clubs are quite cut cool in the way they approach other golf clubs. Like they don't seem to want to work together. They seem to slag each other off. You go to one club, it's don't be a member there. If you leave, if you leave one golf club and become a member of another golf club locally, wow, that's like that's like a big sin. And people are going to talk to you for for years for that one. Like hmm. it's crazy. They should be collaborating and working together to find out ways in which they can improve participation and overall, um, you know, more beneficial perspective on golf
1: yeah i mean one one thing that sort of I've always thought would be quite a good idea, especially when you when you there seems to be a big sort of elitist divide between your your top sort of top level private clubs um and your your lower level sort of public clubs and it seems like you literally have got like there is in society still the sort of, you've got the upper upper middle class against the lower class mm. um and it seems like golf is probably one of the biggest sports for that like you you don't get it in football you don't get anywhere else it seems like it's really a massive thing in in, in golf still. you've got that class divide i think if Again, spitballing an idea. If uh, a, a a sort of a lower end, low entry cost public course partnered up with a, a high end or a slightly more high end um, private club, then you're you're giving it some of the option to stay in the game no matter what their barriers are. So, if a uh, let's say I had low income and went to a, went to the top club and really wanted to join there, but their membership was one and a half grand, and when it, I was only in the market for a membership was eight hundred quid, for example, mm. instead of them just laughing me out the room and telling me to go away. They could go, well, yeah, so at the moment we're you won't be able to join us because we can't, we, you can't afford to join it, but there's so-and-so down the road who are our partner club. We've got a referral fee with them or something like that. Go down there, learn your trade, get to know the course. It's a lower entry fee, and then who knows, in five, ten years' time, you might have a new job, or you might get to the point where you might have more – might come into money, whatever, and they might come back. And on the flip side, you'll get people who want to upgrade from the from the lower-end club and go to the higher-end club, and – Again, it's, it's that idea of helping each other out. That every golf club seems to think that that we always talk about how golf is a community and we're a family. But actually, it couldn't be less from it in some cases. That some clubs are so happy to just sit in the position they are and and sit in their privileged position and not help anyone out. But you'd like to think that that will eventually put, could potentially sort of bite, and, bite in the arse in mm. however many years' time. So I definitely think there's a lot of like there's a lot of truth in what you said there about golf clubs need to. Help each other out a lot more than they currently are, as opposed to sitting there hoping that their neighbors are struggling and close so they can pick the members up. It's not that shouldn't be the way it should be <laughs> at all.
0: No, I I agree, and as well, like it, it would be really interesting to see golf clubs partner in terms of even from like a even from like a financial perspective, right? Where where I know a bigger, more affluent golf course approaches smaller, struggling golf course that have got planners trying to build houses on 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 their property. Well, instead of doing that, why? No, why why can't the why can't the sort of the more prestigious club think about maybe buying a part ownership of that club and maybe turning it into a you know a driving range and nine hole facility mm. and give and give existing members cheaper access to the to the new clubs that the old members aren't or the existing members aren't um on begrudged like I just think there's so many things we can try that we're not and like sooner I think hit, that's
1: the problem in yeah. the I think that's an, another issue that it's that reluctancy to try anything new and different I mean. Again, we speak to a lot of golf clubs on a daily basis, and it seems like every every few months, it's the same old ideas that the clubs want to run out because it worked back in two thousand and four. Well, it isn't two thousand <laughs> and four anymore. So, I think, I mean, you've seen the um, you've seen the rise in things like flexible golf memberships, and I think that's great. I think that's yeah, certainly so. a a good avenue to go up. But I think if it wasn't for one golf club probably trying their luck and trying to handle that, I mean, you wouldn't see you wouldn't see it where in the position it is today. And I think there's so many ideas floating about and I think, I mean, I'm, I'm, um, I, I certainly wouldn't put myself, so I, I throw a lot of ideas out there all the time and don't and probably don't have the conviction to drive them forward to clubs. Um, and I probably, we as a business should do more of that sometimes, but it is. Um, yeah. There's so many ideas that circulate within golf and seems to really either only get, only get put in place at the top end and, and like the, the tours, et cetera, and all the, all the lower clubs sort of don't get involved in it. All there is fall by the wayside. I think it definitely is that that reluctancy and stubbornness to try new things that, that is holding a lot of golf clubs back.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You mentioned this all this this new wave of sort of flex memberships. Well, you know, Just, Jack's Just Chat Podcast is of course powered by one. We're powered by by Four Links, a multi-course cool. membership um, platform that they've got California um, uh, Arizona and Nevada um, all, all within their sort of remit and they're seeing incredible sex, success and th- what they've done off the back of their sort of membership platform is they've created a fantasy league where players can now, well members, existing members and new members can join and in, in, in sort of uh, play fantasy golf um, on the PGA Tour against other members and they can win points from those leagues and use them to play. So what they've done so oh, brilliantly brilliant. is innovate. Think of new ways in which people can enjoy the game, i.e. fantasy golf, and use your success in that, in that sort of enjoyment of it to then go out and play. Like it's this, it's this creation of a community that are able to enjoy golf in as many ways as they see fit without any judgment. Um, and I think that I think that's a long way. Um, I think that that's going a long way to 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 improve our game. So any multi-course membership out there, I I generally l- like to see as much of it as possible. I I tried to set up a um, around two years ago. Tried to set up a, a multi-course membership, but it was only for for for, for nine hole, um, a nine hole membership. So uh, you have a sort of very much discounted membership. You get to play as many courses, but you can only play nine holes. Um, but most people don't have, much, don't have as much time anymore to play four-hour rounds. So I, I thought the idea of it was, was good. I think it still is. But executing it with existing golf clubs is, is another thing. So anyone trying to sort of innovate and create a service or product in the golf industry at that level, I commend you for any success because it's extremely difficult to convince stakeholders of these golf clubs to who haven't got much money to spend any sort of money on your idea. Uh, it, it, yeah. it's, it's very difficult.
1: It is 100%. Like I said, it's um, it, you have to. It's that's why I always say in my videos, i someone's got to be careful. And I'm not. I'm, I'm certainly not coming at it from the approach that I know everything about this industry yeah. and I know where money is cause I don't. I mean, that's the that's probably the one area of golf that I really would say I'm not an expert in at all, which is 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 costing and how much and 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 pricing. Because I, mean, I I did a video before on joining fees and. And uh, I completely understand that some golf clubs are seriously propped up by joining fees, but I, I was, the, it was more aimed at clubs that were sitting there and struggling and refusing to change their joining fee because of your sort of thing. If they had to drop that joining fee, I'd imagine, and then get you spitballing here, but you'd imagine that you would get a few more members through that, and it would all sort of divvy out. But like I said, it's I think unless you've worked in the finance side of things of golf, it's very difficult to work out how much money there is for golf clubs to really experiment with, but. There's so many lower end and, and cheap um, options that they can really, that I think they really need to harness, which is not at the moment. And mm. I definitely think that really going after the, and again, if you are going to put your business head on, going after the entrant, entrance level market is, is something that a lot more golf clubs need to do, especially if you're in a position that you're really struggling. If, if you're, in, let's say, for example, in an area like Surrey, that's really seriously heavily put in the sort of Surrey-Hampshire area, which is seriously heavily populated by golf clubs, um, especially sort of high-end golf clubs, got an affluent area. I think if you are maybe a, if you're a smaller golf club or a, a, a sort of a classic public golf course in that area, it's a lot cheaper. I would personally would really be going after, and there might be some that are already doing it, but I've not seen it, really going after that entrance level market in that area. Because mm. at the moment, all I can see is, is a lot of sort of high-end golf clubs in that area with big joining fees, et cetera. So there must be, a large amount of people within that, surrey Hampshire border, that can't afford them golf club memberships at the moment, aren't, either aren't playing or aren't playing a great deal because there isn't much available. So, mm. I do think you, there needs to be a lot more. I think that that's where you can experiment a bit more, and it's probably is cheaper to experiment a bit more in the entry level side of things, um, which a lot of golf clubs don't seem to be doing at the moment.
0: Yeah, man, would not it be amazing if, if there was a, if there's a 25 pound membership option a month that enabled you to play it? 18 local courses um that no thrills but you can go there and play there for as little as 25 pounds a month like there's definitely a sustainable business model around there and i guess mm-hmm. that's the benefit that you guys are bringing to the industry where um you're able to you know by your buyer by your expe- expertise um get good marketing uh, material and content in front of people who are going to be interested in picking up the game at that price point so I definitely think we live in a world where we where we where we can make that work. So it's it's definitely an interesting concept. It's one I've I've tried with before, but it's, I um for whatever reason, whatever mistakes I made, I, I didn't manage to get it done. Not to say I won't you know, give it another go with, with with a new network and in a, a, a more fresh perspective. But um I think that's that's an amazing point you're making. It's like what what choice is a golf course got anymore? Like it's running out of time. Like they're losing money. They're not going to be able to prop the golf course up, and we're seeing more and more closures and. We're seeing a, a huge lack of housing in the UK. Golf courses mm. are the targets. Oh, they a goldmine for it? Yeah. Golf courses are, are targets for for developers at the moment. They're, they're targeting like every, like every golf course in in my my local area. I, I, like you hear rumblings from different people of of different committee members having meetings with with builders, etc., and land buyers. And it's it's uh, it's um it's amazing how much it's, it's it's happening. And everyone's got the price. And when you're a when you're a failing golf club of course you're going to end up selling your land to a to, to a developer like mm. so it's it yes we need houses i'm i'm not saying that but it's like why wouldn't you try something new like what choice have you got like what's the alternative
1: it's almost shit or bust isn't it really yeah. it's uh, for for a lot of them anyway it's i mean it that, that, that's what again what annoys me and that's where I'm, where a lot of my content is is sort of based on it's based on sorry it's the it's the clubs that are crying poor and struggling but are refusing to change something that clearly isn't working. I completely get there's a lot of clubs out there that that are still operating on that. If it's not broken, don't fix it mentality. And that's fine. Just let them go. If they want to carry on with that, it's not a problem at all. It's more there's a lot of golf clubs that are frustratingly struggling and refusing to admit that or refusing to change and think that someone is just going to drop on their doorstep 50 new members with open wallets, which just isn't going to happen. Um, yeah. and they need, they need to go out and get that. And, and, and like I said uh, in my previous video about, um, clubs that that bang on about, oh, we're in a certain, we're in a certain percentage bracket. We're in a very privileged position. I don't think any, <laughs> I, I think there's literally hardly any golf clubs, um, unless you're like a tour venue or something. I, there's very few golf clubs now in the, even the world really that can say they're in a totally privileged position because, I mean, we're literally realising right now with what's going on in the world that there's not a single business almost that's in that privileged position. Like, anything can happen and every golf club is feeling the pinch now. And, and like I said, I know golf's not immune. For, um, golf is – there's many industries that are feeling the pinch now. But um, I think now there's a lot of golf clubs sitting there that, would, that thought they were privileged and now aren't. And hopefully, actually, if you – again, not trying to take a positive out of a negative, but this could be a massive wake-up call for a lot of golf clubs. Um, if they do manage to get through this and, and get out the other side hopefully they go right well let's learn from our lessons and and start to look at how we can evolve otherwise if this ever happened again then it, we may not be so lucky
0: yeah i i i, I couldn't agree more mate and I, I guess for anyone listening like i, I, I don't want to like when you when you sort of discuss ways in which you can improve something it's it's easy to sound neggy or or hmm. um, you no, know, a, a little bit negative and regressive. But like what me and James are just trying to do here is just spitball, right? We're just throwing ideas into the ring with the with, with the with the with the hope that you know, someone is inspired to help grow the game, and th- that is literally it. So like, if anyone comes back at me and like you, know, you you're shitting <laughs> on the, the way golf is or the way golf was, etc., and your your ideas are, are a piece of shit, they, they might be, but it's with the strong um, strong intent and the good intent that we just want. Want what's best for the game. We want more people to take it up because we've re- we ourselves have reaped the benefits. It's both given us careers, um, and it's given us um so much more. Like one thing I wanted to discuss on on this podcast was was your mental well being. Like I don't want to say mental health. I don't know too much about mental health. I've been lucky. I've I've always been quite a positive in. In, in happy person. I've never really struggled um, from the mental side of things, but I know for a fact golf is um, is enabled the, the maintenance of my mental well being. I know I feel a lot better um, playing golf, being out in nature, being connected to people. So I think it's a really interesting time now James to talk about like um, the benefit you know the, the, the benefits that golf can bring. you like wh- why should someone golf and um, especially in these sort of uncertain and murky times like what golf can perhaps give people that, that they're not getting at the moment?
1: Oh yeah, it's endless. I mean, I, I did a, a video before with a guy called Joel a university student who's who's again looking to set up a career in golf once he's finished. Okay. Um, and we both obviously came a very similar route in terms of the junior. He's a well, much better golfer than me, but both went up the similar route of junior golf and now want to get a career in sport. And we we sort of talked for quite a while about why we got into golf and what the reasons for what the reasons for us getting into golf were and and what we have got out of it now. And yeah, I mean, from a personal point of view, it's massive. I mean, yeah, what. Straight away, if you're, we always talk about getting kids off the streets and 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 getting them in a safe environment. Well, golf could not be be a better example of that, apart from obviously school thing. But like, getting them off the streets on a golf course around adults. I mean, you you meet so many kids now who are like, again, I'm sort of generalising again, but like who are sort of eighteen, nineteen, that are so like socially awkward or and can't hold a conversation and, mm. and stuff like that. You see them at family parties. You see them all over the place. And I personally would say I'm, I meet very few younger people or people my age within golf that are like that because you've grown up for years around adults who can hold a conversation who are from all different career paths, um, well-educated people. Um, you, you've got people from all over the place, all different walks of life. But they, it just develops you as a person enormously. So yeah. I'd say from a, from a youth development point of view, Golf is one of the best sports I can, I can think of, really, that is, in that you, regard.
0: You, you've, you've, rounded that, you've rounded that point off so so well, man. Like, the, 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 it makes you such a well-rounded person. Like uh, I, I can't tell you how like nice it is to see like an eight-year-old shake a 63-year-old man's hand on the green, taking the hat off, and that mutual respect between people mm. who are so far away in terms of like culture and, and, and generations, but they've got this this same this mutual passion and, I guess, respect for each other. Um, that 's mm. something that golf can do beautifully like it 's a game of a lifetime, and there 's there's, well, i can 't think of any other sports really that um, that enables interactions between kids and old people like, it's yeah. like it 's amazing it, it 's beneficial for youth development, but think about how beneficial it is for the older generations who mm. might have know might have lost people recently they might have lost a husband or the wife. And if they're, if they're at the golf course interacting with, with youthful people, that's going to keep them younger and happier as well. They're, they're, going, to be more, feel more um, they're going to feel more culturally uh, relevant. They're going to feel more part of the community as well. So I think it's, I think it's both ends of the spectrum, actually. And I, I think that's something that, that golf can – well, it does have the potential to do so well, is create this sort of all-encompassing community um, that's, that's of all different ages, races, sex, and religions. And no one really gives a shit about that because, because they're playing what they love. Um, and as well, there's something about being out in nature that relaxes people. Yes, golf is inherently, you know, it could be taken very it's many ways. It, it can be very relaxing. <laughs> it can be frustrating. Um, it can get overly competitive. But look, I, I, for me, like being able to go out there for four hours with my best friends, um, connect with nature, the people around me um, and play a sport I absolutely love is just, is just heaven. And I think hmm. in times where people might be in isolation or quarantine at the moment, um, it's so important that people are able to go outside and, and look after their mental and physical well-being. Obviously to, you know, obviously, be precautious, take the necessary um, actions to ensure your safety, um, but golf is inherently pretty safe. Your, your social distancing, there's Maximum of four people per group. You're often not next to each other when you're playing because you spray the ball all over the place. I'm a lonely person.
1: The golf course most of the time. <laughs> I think. So.
0: Yeah, man. Like if if you just take necessary precautions, I think golf can be a, a beautiful form of escapism um, at this moment in time. Um, so if anyone, oh, well, to that's this what thing, yeah. that's what we've been
1: trying to sort of. That's what that's what, that's what we've been trying to as a company do for the past few days. Obviously, we've been working with the. The UK Golf Federation and, and, and basically just we've, we've got a petition going. I think we've, we've just reached f- over 5,000. Um, I saw that, mate. Like
0: that. That, 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 that's incredible work. Tell everyone what you did. doing.
1: Yeah. yeah so, so basically, we work like I so said, with the UK Golf Federation because we've noticed if the worst case scenario happened and we were in isolation or whether we pretty much are going into it now. But what we worry about twofold really is the effects of if golf clubs were to close. So obviously, the, fir- the first point of view is if golf clubs are to close naturally um you are going to have a lot of golf clubs struggling and going to administration a lot of jobs lost and and no one wants to see that um i mean we, we everyone bangs on about supporting your local businesses well golf clubs are no different they are a local business and and that even though it's a everyone thinks it's a wealthy sport golf clubs are there's a lot that are on real sort of shoestring budgets and and are getting by week by week on people coming up and playing the course so from that point of view um we, we obviously want golf clubs to keep going and that's not a I think any any sort of hate we'd get from this is people thinking that we're thinking about ourselves and our wallets opposed to um people's safety that's not the case at all we are just looking to help a community of golf clubs that have that bring so much to people but on the personal side of things which i think is more important is like we've just sort of said there it's but apart from probably going for a run it is the safest sport at the moment and safest pastime for anyone to get involved in if you're taking the right precautions so keeping the um not touching the keeping the flags in, having no rakes and bunkers, keeping doors ajar, green keepers doing their work separately and um keeping their uh, keeping their distance, no handshaking, all the, the basic things that you'd presume. Um potentially I mean, we're talk we're talking to a lot of golf clubs now about potentially shutting shutting clubhouses down um and just having like takeaway food, takeaway drinks that are left in certain areas and changing your shoes in the, cl- in the car park. All things like that. If, they, if they're done correctly and follow properly, you are out on a golf course, out in the open. You're never really within two metres, which is a distance where it gets dangerous from someone. Um, it, and it's like, like you are, like just said there, you've got all the health benefits of being out. I mean, I think what do they say, you can walk around sort of five miles during a round of golf. How, what's that going to do for someone who's been stuck indoors for two weeks? It's going to oh. do them physically amazing. but also mentally, it's an escape. Like I said, I, that first post I did um, about when me and my dad played golf for the weekend, we were both just sick of hearing this, this, the C word all the time and <laughs> yeah. being able to set, being able to completely escape and spend... The golf course was rammed and being able to go out and spend four or five hours just talking about other things and talking about golf. Uh, it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It's probably the best four or five hours I've had in the past week. For, um, and that's what we're trying to get across to to everyone then it's not just it's certainly not coming at it from a keeping golf club's point of view It's also the biggest thing is the people aspect so the mental and physical well-being that golf brings so if i can uh, if i can urge anyone to do something it's to sign that petition and and really just get the word out there really that the, the golf club should be staying open for a multitude of reasons and it's not just to keep our clients going it, it, it's for everything really i mean that that's the least of our priorities really it's it's more the personal aspect and and keeping these businesses going and thriving really
0: yeah, but again you 're speaking at such a good level, um, I think as well, like just to put it simply, like the normality around of golf can bring to your life like you go away, you talk about golf, you talk about how you 're playing, you talk about maybe an amazing round you had two years ago, you talk shit about your memories, you talk shit about like plans you 've got for the future, like you just go out there, chat the shit, and enjoy yourself with people who you who you really like, or you meet new people as well. That's the other great benefit of golf. I've met so many mm. um, amazing people through playing. I, w- I was in Portugal this year, with my parents, um, but they, 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 don't play golf. So I went, I went, went and played around and just joined with a, with a random, uh, with a random three ball. i played with a French guy, his wife and a, and a guy from Scotland as well. So like, like that interaction was so much fun as well. I just think mm. if people um, give golf the time of day, it can, it, it can really work wonders for you. Um,
1: and I it's think, in every yeah. aspect. I mean, even from a like an employment point of view, I mean, if you're, I've, I've met a lot of people through playing golf that, that if I ever was in a position where I wanted to leave this industry and work in something different or change things up, I'd, there'd be people that I could certainly call upon that I've met through playing golf. Um, it, It's a hundred, like, and even career choices. when when you're growing up as a kid, again, if you're, if you go out and play a golf, play around a golf with a, an accountant, a dentist, and a a builder, you've, you've, as a, as a, a sort of um an impressionable 13 14 year old lad you've walked out and you've now got an insight into three, three different industries which you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to go up and talk to them three people in the middle of high street because they'd just tell you to do one but if you play around a golf for them they're, they're 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 with you for four hours they're going to tell if you ask nicely and ask the appropriate questions you're going to find out a lot about them industries. so as a young impressionable young lad you're going to learn so much about where you do, where you don't want to work and how to get into certain industries, which, again, could could literally shape your life. So it sounds, again, very cliche and a bit over the top. But it's so true that it literally can shape yeah. life decisions and, and where you go with things if you allow it to. And, and like I said, if you give it the time of day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like it, it, it's really the, the interactions between different ages, cultures, um and whatever else that 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 creates so much value. Like it, you talk about, if you ask the right questions. Well, if you're interacting with adults from an early age, you're going to know what to ask and how to approach people and how to hold a and how to hold a, a well balanced um a well balanced conversation. And look, I I love the digital era. I think I think we live in an amazing time. Um, I think that uh, being able to do what you can on your mobile phone, with the internet, etc., is amazing. The fact I can talk to you now, interact with people the other side of the world, even. Is an amazingly um, beneficial thing. I guess what we're not seeing um, with you know with, with social and online perhaps is is sort of uh, different generations uh, connecting because people's consumption habits are different naturally because they're from different generations. Um, mm. I think a huge angle golf golf can benefit from is is the esports world. Um, like, why, why can't someone first why why can't someone's first consumption of golf be Online, like what happens if that triggers a love for the game that gets him down to the local club? Like that's an amazing, that's an amazing thing to behold. But there's something so special about the in-person connection that golf can bring. So I'm all for these different forms of um, of enjoyment of the game, whether it be online, nine hole, um, whatever you can think of. Um, but I think there's something so pure and something so, uh, I guess, beneficial um, about the interactions of of, of different ages um, and generations uh in nature on a golf course
1: yeah and i think that the the way you just sort of summed up there sort of relates back to what we said at the very start that from my point of view i really do not care at all how you want to consume it no if you're consuming it and you end up you haven't even got to end up at the stage where you're playing golf with a week but if you're consuming golf you're gonna get you're gonna get some sort of benefits in whatever capacity you're um you're consuming it so i think that's what again is an opinion that a lot of people seem to be against is the idea that golf consumption shouldn't just have to be someone paying two grand and then playing in the Saturday morning swindle every week uh, or like uh, that, 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 yeah, it's the probably the purest form, but it isn't the only form of, of consumption that people can partake in. So I think that openness again with this whole, concept, a lot of it's been about openness to change, but I think a big change that needs to happen is people's opinion on what actually just defines consumption of this sport because every other sport is realizing that there's so many ways of consuming their sport. We need to do that as well and really mm. harness that because there are so many different ways of doing it. Um, even to the, I'd say that I'd even go as far as say, even participating in crazy golf, it's still an element of, of course, yeah. participation and you're still, you are still using a golf club and you're still hitting a golf ball and it's going into a cup. That is the purest form of golf really. Um, and like I said, a hundred people go and play around a crazy girl for the first time. You might get two or three people and not taking the sport up, which is is a plus that you wouldn't have got beforehand. So it's um, yeah, people's opinion of consumption needs to change. I think.
0: Yeah, I I, I, I couldn't agree more. Like it's it's been so cool to witness this um this sort of the, the rise of the crazy golf, uh, the, the, the urban the urban golf scene, the, the the crazy golf in the middle of a city. Because I think we've obviously from Tinder seen a huge rise in dating culture. Uh, mm. And they're actually turning to amazing date spots where you can drink, socialise, date, like eat, get drunk, and play golf all in the same breath. Um, mm. Paints golf in such a such a beneficial light. So I, I love these facilities. I love all the different forms of of consumption because, like you say, um, it all leads to to participating the game in in one way, um, shape or form. And it, like, what's not to say a guy who loves just watching the PGA Tour but doesn't play? Talks to his, talks his friends ear off about it. He decides to watch it, but then he takes it up. Like there's so many yeah. avenues into the game. Um, I think we just need to pro- promote consumptions at no all level in uh, the benefits and, the, and promote the benefits it can bring you. Um, mm. Uh, i i i do think the future is bright for golf i do think there's a lot of young people um dedicating themselves to the game i think there's a lot of people who've been in the golf industry for years that are that are approaching with a new with with a sort of um with a new focus and i couldn't commend them enough for being really open-minded and perhaps leading the way um the likes of Rondell barrio who i've had on the podcast multiple times he's a golf coach based in la and like if, if 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 I had a if I had a big business in in the golf industry, I'd love to employ that guy. Like he's full of passion. He's got an open mind. He, he's all for the benefit of the game. Um, there, there are so many interesting and, and, and amazing people like that. Um, so I don't mean to be ageist in any way, and I hope I don't come across that way. Um, but I think golf is in a good spot. I think we're seeing in the US the most. Um, I think it's the. I think it's the. Um, the, the last year was the was the biggest year in terms of uh, the money pumped through golf in, in any way, right? Like, so either 18 hole golf, either attending a PGA tour event, like uh, the most money ever was, w- w- was populated through, through golf. So I think they're interesting times. There's a lot of things we can do differently, but um, let's look at it positively. And I, th- I think the rise of the social era um, and, and sort of uh, it, it maybe a new perspective could, could stand the game in, in some really good stead.
1: Yeah. No, like I say a hundred percent. I think yeah, it's, it's always beneficial to get across that that we're not. Um, again, I was going back to the cliche. We're doing it because we care. But we are. I, lo- I love. We both love this game to bits. So we both want to see it continuing in the uh, uh, and getting more, seeing more people get into it for the same reasons we did because they they love it and uh, and want to see it thrive. So I think that's the the message that I always like to give across that I'm every view and opinion I have is because I want to see the game thrive and keep going. And that's not from oh I want to I want to. I want it to get better so I can earn more money it's because I, it get it's done so much for me that I want to I want more people to have that same experience and 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 have the same benefits I've got from it really so that's why I think the biggest message to get across that yeah there's a lot of things that are changing there's a lot of things we like if we do a bit of both then hopefully like you said before we'll hit the happy medium and the sport will just continue to grow um from there really
0: couldn't agree more and I'm I'm going to end this uh, I'm going to end this part of the conversation with uh uh, is, uh, is, is is it is 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 non PR as it, no politically correct as it as it might be. Is fuck committees.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> someone in the industry, I'll I'll have uh, to I'll have to, uh, I'll have to um, keep my opinions to myself on that one. But uh, but yeah. I'd it's um it's i i point. jest i jest i i of course <laughs> just i
0: say it in a, in a jovial way please 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 don't be offended oh no uh, no no, no
1: might not at all. <laughs> no I'm,
0: I, <laughs> I'm talking to the to the to the 75 year old dickhead who's listening not you not yourself james oh no
1: yeah no, 100% uh, i
0: joke i joke it's it's it's
1: all there's, uh, yeah there's people in the sport that need, that need uh that need their need changing There's people that are not it's uh it's, a simple, it's one of those things. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. come
0: down to age. It comes down to, like we say, differences in, in, in opinion and culture and maybe approaching those differences by being a decent human. Um, look, James, exactly. mate, thank, you, th- thank you so much for taking the time. I'm pleasure. We're, Absolute we're, we're, pleasure. We're, uh, we're well over the hour mark, so I'll, I'll, I'll let you get off. But um, like, <laughs> I, I love to see people like you, like full of passion about, um, about learning um, about the industry and, and finding out ways to improve it, about putting your neck on the line by posting your opinions about how we can improve. And, like I said, it's all from a good place. Like, we might, we might joke here and there, but like, our intent is good. It's to help, mm. it's to help benefit golf, help benefit individuals um, in, in the ways that we've been benefiting ourselves. And that's all it really comes down to. So, thank you for, for coming on, man. I'd love to have you on again. Pleasure, mate. Um, no,
1: 100%. Anytime.
0: Yeah, and I'll look. I'll. I'll. I'll, Yeah, I'll catch up with you soon, bro.
1: Nice one, mate. Cheers. Thank you.
0: Bye. Bye.